Welcome back to the Wonderful Women of Officiating, Episode 2, featuring Sarah Woods. Sarah is a high school and college basketball official from St. Louis, Missouri. She is also the founder of Big Game Officials, a training program empowering referees to set the standard of excellence while igniting opportunities in basketball officiating. Sarah recruits and develops prospective and current officials along with her staff of mentors and mentees. She had this to say in quote, as a referee, my purpose is to provide athletes with the best possible competitive experience. The fierce competition is a constant reminder that teamwork is essential. As a crew, we rely on experience, training, and each other to get the call right. Officiating requires hard work and dedication. However, being a part of the game while protecting its integrity is rewarding and worth the effort." End quote. In this episode, we learn about the Big Game Officials' weekend workshops and their intense mechanics instruction that they provide to the referees who attend. We also speak about the drastic need to improve sportsmanship as a whole, and you can really hear Sarah's passion for the craft throughout the whole episode as she's built a family-like community around officiating. If you're interested in joining the Big Game Officials team, please contact Sarah directly at woods7842 at gmail.com. W-O-O-D-S-7842 at gmail.com. And do us one last favor before you listen to the episode. Have a great rest of your day. Hi, this is Sarah Woods with Big Game Officials. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. Serve the game. Well, thanks for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast, the audio experience for basketball officials as we are excited for this five-part podcast special called The Wonderful Women of Officiating. This series is dedicated to highlighting some of the amazing females of our officiating community and some of the great work that they're doing both on the court and off the court. I am here with my guest, big game officials, very own Sarah Woods. How are you, Sarah? Fine. How are you? I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to have you. It's uh been long overdue but i think timing is everything and and this this time feels really right to connect with you here Uh, i'm really blessed to be able to speak with you today i consider you an early supporter of crown refs and i really appreciate all the times you took a few minutes out of your day to show me love Um, it was very helpful even though i've never worked a game with you um, i consider you a great partner so it's an honor to have you here and feature you on the podcast i want to make this episode all about Big Game Officials. So let's first start with what is Big Game Officials? What is the meaning? And how'd you get the idea started? Well, first of all, it's an honor for me to be here. So thank you for having me. Um, Big Game Officials is just, it's a training and development organization for basketball officials. We, We use a teaching map, which is what Big Game is. Uh, that's what it represents. And Every letter in big game represents an intangible that needs to take place or be acquired by an official in order to be highly sought at. Where the B in big game represents build your vision. The I is intentionally look the part. The G is get into the game. The other G is get the call right. The A represents articulate the story. 
The M represents move with a purpose and the E is embody big game thinking. Hmm. So that when you first thought of the name, then you went back and kind of put the acronym and the meaning behind that? Um, actually, those are the standards I've always used to, to develop my craft. So it, it really, that was the genesis. And then I kind of built around those letters. And when did you get the idea to start Big Game? Believe it or not, about 13 years ago when I first got into officiating, I did not have a roadmap uh, or a blueprint to help me navigate my career. And so uh, I was determined to be who I needed when I first started. So uh, it it's, was 13 years in the making and, and here we are a year and a half after the launch and um, we'll see what happens. So you've, you've had the idea 13 years, but you kind of officially branded yourself big game about a year and a half ago? Correct. And yes. take me through, through that process. How was it getting the, the brand off the ground and launching? It's been a struggle. Uh, I've, I've had some, some challenging uh, times, especially local. Uh, I, I really, some of the organizations where I thought uh, would, would be supportive um, kind of probably have their own idea in mind when it comes to, to training. But I think uh, it's important to train all season long, not just during the regular basketball season. So that kind of is what separates big game from, from the local organizations where, where we grind all year round. Yeah. It's so important too, because I think a lot of officials in this industry only work during the winter. They only work that scholastic season for various reasons, right? This mm -hmm. is a side hustle for a lot of us. Other officials do different sports, so they switch and do a different sport. But I just think it's so important if you love this craft and you're trying to really go places that you got to work, you know, year round. I'm not saying you have to work 12 months a year and not take any breaks. But, you know, for instance, I'm about to start girls lacrosse. I do girls lacrosse and field hockey. But I only do, those, do I only do those sports during during the season, during the spring and then field hockey in the fall. And it's funny, I tell my wife every time I'm about to start a new season, I have no idea how to ref those sports for like the first yeah. game again. I mean, yeah. I, I say that sarcastically, but there's no muscle memory throughout the entire year. There's no practice. So, you know, you forget a couple of the signals, you forget a little bit of positioning. Once game one rolls around, I feel real comfortable. Um sure. But it, you know, it's true. You lose a step if you're not if you're not doing doing it year round. Right, right. Reps are extremely important. And your brand is all about giving back to the game and helping develop officials both on the court during games and off the court with your workshops. Let's talk about those workshop weekends and the type of education um, that an official can expect there. So typically what happens is we identify one letter in the big game teaching map and we really do a deep dive into that particular letter. So uh, we just had a build your vision where we talked about entrepreneurship and how important it is to brand yourself as an independent contractor. So um, again, it, it depends on, on what letter it is that we're working with, but uh, for the most part, it, it's just, we do a deep dive. Are there any other uh, members of your staff that you'd like to mention? Who else uh, is on the big, big game officials team? Oh gosh. You know, 
Paula, it, it takes a village uh, and it really depends on what we are honing in on. Um, I think everybody is unique when it comes to where their strengths are. And so again, depending on the teaching map, I will reach out to those who I just think is a slam dunk when it comes to focusing on that particular letter of the teaching map. Um, we have an intentionally looked apart coming up uh, on um, April 17th. And I've reached out to, to some officials that I just, when I see them step on the court or just even out of their car, it's like, wow, you know? Um, so it, it, it really depends. Um, but for the most part, I've had a, a local village here of um, mentors who have mentored me as well as um, some individuals who have uh, moved on to greener pastures, but they, they have given back to, to the, the organization and they've been very much involved and instrumental in helping grow, grow the brand. It's always nice for you to get mentored by certain individuals and then you bring them kind of in your family to help contribute. And then also you're mentoring these younger officials that are able to grow and develop and then start to go give back to the game themselves. I find that to be a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. that, that is really, that's, that is the, I, I guess that's the E in big game uh, where it, the reciprocity is key. And, and when, we, when we learn, we have to teach and, um, that's, I think, been very instrumental in, in helping us kind of shift gears when it comes to, to helping um, fill a void in officiating. When did you decide you wanted to really start giving back to the game and helping other officials grow? And how did that come about? When one of my first mentees actually did what I asked her to do, I'm like, whoa, like, <laughs> like she listened to me, right. you know? And then I was asked to come to one of the mechanics clinic and kind of be a mentor there or a clinician there and, and watching the officials wait with bated breath, listening to me talk. I'm thinking, well, you know, they, they need help. They, they really want to learn this stuff. So um, yeah, that it, it, it was maybe about three years into me officiating. I know the feeling I have, you know, a similar story, the first um, referee that I ever mentored. And it was like, they were just there to soak in all of the information that I had in my brain. And they were just um, like, you know, you said their eyes lit up and they were just listening and it gave me a platform mm -hmm. and it gave me confidence to be able to just teach, teach. And it was addictive. You know, the more they listened, the more I wanted to teach. And that was kind of a lead up to how I started Crown Refs now on, you know, on the internet. Before that, it was just locally, you know, working with um, officials, you know, each weekend yeah. from gym to gym. And um, it's a really, really great thing when they just kind of let go and let you and trust you. It's all about that trust <laughs> that they're giving you. Right, right. I love that there's a real attention to detail with your mechanics instruction. There, I don't think there's not enough education on proper and modern signals. I, uh, I mean, I saw a video of your officials running through a hallway 
while counting 10 seconds, which is which yeah. is amazing because it's actually a great drill because that's one of the areas where officials look horrible because mm -hmm. it's an unnatural look to run and be counting, right? I right. know I put myself on film, I'm like cringeworthy. So I stopped counting in the backcourt, but I thought that was a really great drill that you guys were doing. Yeah, yes. Um, you know, there are things that we wanted to break habits with officials, uh, particularly running backwards. First of all, it's not safe and it does not look athletic. Um, so we try to get them to learn how to move on the court and look athletic. Um, we, we work on sliding, we work on, on running sideways with your torso turned forward, um, facing the court. Um, just things that are unnatural. If we build that muscle memory, it just makes it so much easier when they step on the court. And you have sessions where you'll have an instructor who's leading the entire gym and everybody is kind of in formation, mimicking and following that lead instructor. And just going through each signal, doing it really sharp and crisp. And it looks like there's a lot of attention to detail with your other coaches that are like walking around and giving tips. Why don't you just tell me about, you know, that kind of, um, that situation that you guys have. It's called um, a back to basics boot camp. Basically that's, that's what we implemented. And we turn on some music and not everybody has rhythm, but uh, <laughs> everybody's in, succession with you know when it, they're succinct when you know they're doing the drills together um and so we do have some some mentors going up and down the, the aisles just kind of correcting things um and then we have others who are in front of the line who are really strong at their mechanics and just kind of help with the mirror um, we also have mirrors where they can see themselves. So, um, and then there's a little bit, uh, there's an opportunity to provide the video back to them so that they can see how they look. Uh, but we encourage them to, to get in front of the mirror. We encourage them to get in their car and, and play a tune to, to using their, their whistles. Um, I just, there are a lot of officials who, who don't blow from their diaphragm. And so if they can, crank it all the way up and and play above that music that helps put that air in that whistle and, and develop a louder sound um those are the things that i struggled with i struggled with a loud whistle i struggled with getting complacent with my mechanics uh one of my officials told me that it looked like i was doing the salsa when i called a travel and i didn't like that I can, mean, we we see? can we see can we see <laughs> i was you know, here. <laughs> but you know, it's it's complacency that sets in. If you you've done it for so long, uh, you you can tend to get complacent. So um, you know, those back to basics are for mentors to come back to kind of revisit uh, their their own style of mechanics, but also they have these new mentees watching them so they should be on point especially if they're up in front so it's a win-win for both parties i love the physical practice that you have you don't see it a lot at camps where it's just synchronized and and you're putting in work like you're working out you know you can mm -hmm. practice your signals similar to the way you work out you're doing 10 sets of of five hits to the left five hits to the right, you know, it's the same thing. So you yeah. film these officials during these sessions. What is some of the feedback you're getting from them? Must be very beneficial for them. 
they like it. They like to see themselves on, on video. Um, I also, if I have a new official in the program, I take pictures and they all know this. I'll take a picture from when they first start and every time they're in a big game outing, um, I tend to at least try and capture some type of snapshot. And it's kind of neat to watch them grow over the months, you know, from where, you know, they're first their shirt was too big. It was fresh out of the package to, you know, now they're more tailored. Their, their confidence level is, you can tell it's taking over and it's just neat to see them grow. So um, they like that feedback. And uh, just recently I, I had a, a newer official that I sent um, one of the latest tournaments. I had some footage from one of the latest tournaments and you know, he was like, wow, I look so much stronger and so much. He said, I felt more confident. I said, it's amazing what a tailored shirt will do for you. You know, I was kidding with him because he, he's really put in a lot of work. But it, it, seriously, when you put on that shirt and it fits and you've been working hard in the gym and you've been practicing your mechanics, I always say the results don't lie. You know, I can't take the credit. It, it's, it's really them who's putting in the hard work. Love it. Yeah. I, um, I always tell officials they should get their uniform tailored. It's one of the best upgrades that I had when I did it a few years ago. Um, it costs more than the uniform, but it's worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Costs more than a uniform. I, I'm probably, when I step on the court between, well, actually when I step in the building, um, I'm probably between my suitcase, my shoes and everything from top to bottom and, and my compressions, it's easily $600, you know? You walk Just... in looking like money. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it, it's, um, you know, a lot of folks don't really invest in how they should look. And I think that we are an extension of the military or any other type of, of you know, person in uniform it's very important for us to carry ourselves a certain way um, before you even work on all of the other intangibles it's you know when I first started it was like okay we'll just get out there and at least look the part and and that was drilled into into my head so Sarah when you're trying to develop a community of officials in person it's important to have a consistent facility that allows officials to work a high volume of games year round and to have an owner and management team of the building who support officials just talk about your situation and where the big game officials home court is You know believe it or not we're still building a network um I I, I, we really don't have a home base. I think ultimately I'd like to have my own academy, my own brick and mortar, so I don't have to continue to beg for, for space. Um, we travel uh, from sometimes an hour and a half away to two hours uh, just to be able to secure a space for these officials to be able to get reps in. Um, you know, ideally it would be nice to, to partner with some of the, the local associations. Um, but, you know, I'm still working on that. Because I see you post your kind of weekend um, Instagram stories of your officials. And I noticed it's at the same gym a few times that just happened to be randomly that one location. 
Well, yes. Well, actually, one of our, our mentors, one of our big game mentors, uh, Dewan Robertson, uh, has given us an opportunity to partner with an association that he's affiliated with. He coordinates the tournaments and he really believes in the vision. He, you can see him in most of the videos um, that he, it's because of him who has provided a space for us to be able to um, get some reps in for some, some summer basketball tournaments. Sorry. So are you, are you a local assigner and you bring your big game officials to all the tournaments that you go to? How does that work? So uh, we get a space. Sometimes a uh, big game will have a court or two. And so I will assign for those courts. Okay. And, yeah. and you yeah. haven't been working this season. You've just been kind of mentoring and shadowing your officials. That's correct. Uh, one or two times I've gotten out on the court uh initially before uh the the pandemic really kind of put everything to to rest but um and then here recently I needed to get on the court because uh we had um I had a mentor and a mentee on a boys game and they were men <laughs> and so I thought this probably needs to require a three-person and, and so, you know, just to, to be able to sandwich that mentee in with two mentors. And so, you know, the mentor had an opportunity to learn a little bit more about three person. And um, also, you know, I got a chance to run, so. And which other um, staff members do you have at these games? Cause I, I watch, uh, you know, I watch some of the games and you have a three person, three officials working, there's referees looking at plays off the court. There's what looks like instructors talking to these re referees. I mean, it looks like a camp. Yeah, uh, that's really, every time we go out, if a big game court, you might as, it resembles a camp. You might as well call it a clinic. Every time we get out there, because we are students of the game, we're constantly learning, constantly teaching, um, so, you know, sometimes we, we've had, um, Angel Kent who, who comes out to help, um, Nat Sago has, has been instrumental in helping, um, Eric Lewis works with us on, on film study and, um, we're also partner with, um, with JD8 as well as, um, C squared officials, which is uh, the the it's like JB Caldwell's um, association. So um, we're constantly grinding and and just working on our craft all season long, and it's customized. It just depends on what mentee is there and what needs they have. And how many mentors would you say you have in big game officials? Oh my gosh. Um, oh my gosh, it, it, it varies. It, it's, I say I probably have at least three for each letter because again, everybody has a strength, you know? Um, so three for each letter. So maybe about 21. Wow. So you assign ment mentors based off the letters. That, that's um, a good system. 
yeah, it, it, because, you know, some people are really good with their mechanics, you know, so articulating the story, that's what we, we need. Um, get the call right. Uh, Angel and Natalie are, and, and Elu, those are excellent resources for, you know, learning the rules and, and film study and so on and so forth. Those are subject matter experts. So we, you know, we just really leverage their skill set. Did you kind of have an idea for where you wanted to place them or they express interest in working in a particular category? Um, I had an idea, but you know, if I, they're welcome to come to, to any of the clinics or, or focus on, on any of you know, the, the workshops or, or camps that, that we do, I welcome them all, mm -hmm. you know? So if you guys, let's say have like five games on a Saturday, um, you have maybe two different officiating crews come to work you'll you'll have a few mentors throughout the whole day there as well right mm -hmm. yes that's the beauty of it you know that um you know we're more interested in outcome over income Love now the, the the program is a paid program but that's to cover the cost of the equipment that's affiliated with with some of the teachings um we we have um fitness programs we have uh, technical stuff that we use, glasses and microphones and stuff like that that we use. So that's really to cover the cost. Um, now, when the when the mentors do come, I, I try to make sure that you know I take care of them. That you know we do lunch or we we try and get local sponsors to to help with lunch, and um, you know throw some big game swag their way or. You know, just, but they, they're excited just because the mentees are super excited to, to have, be close to them and, and pick their brain, have them at their disposal. Mm. So that's great. Yeah. That's great. I know there's a lot of big game officials who listen to the podcast. I appreciate you sharing it amongst them and spreading the word of mouth. I want you to take a minute and literally shout out anyone who's down with big game officials on your roster that you'd like. Oh my gosh, this is going to take probably about 20 minutes because mm -hmm. there are I'll so speed many. It, I'll speed it up. It's all right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Let me see. Um, Erica Smith, we have uh, Damon Patterson, all of my mentees. I, I, I don't want to list all of them, but everybody who, who's in the program and who have turned from mentee to mentor, shout out to them for all of their hard work. Um, special shout out to, to John Hendricks, J.B. Caldwell, Natalie Sago, Angel Kent, and Eric Lewis. Um, and, and then all of the, the local mentors who, are, who have been here to help, the Dwan Robinsons, the Dorian Hobbs, the Phil and Kevin Lashley, um, Michelle Vaughn, Shanna Lonsberry, I don't know if I'm repeating myself, but they're worth repeating. Danita Moore and uh, Anderson Minor, all of the above. I just, I can go on and on. Mm -hmm. So that was good. Um, no, it was good. Appreciate that. Um, what else do I have? Oh, so are you taking advantage of filming these games for, for film study and film review? Yes. Yes. Um, we wear glasses and uh, we go over, especially the, the newer officials who are not. I have, to, I have to call a 20 second timeout. You wear glasses. They have a, a camera. In them? Yes. 
Really? Tell me about the product. I need to know more about this. Um, they're like, they're essentially police classes um, where, and you've seen them at camps before, I'm, I'm sure. I'm where, not familiar with them. Okay. Um, so, so it's really to rein in the ball watching, especially for former athletes who have, you know, come over to the dark side and become officials, uh, they tend to be offensive minded and they tend to watch the ball a lot. So what we do is um, we have them wear glasses and it picks up where they're looking. So the objective is to referee the defense. And a lot of times I can't always be on the sideline and say, pick up the defense, referee the defense, you know, and be that continuous, you know, reminder. So um, if they are at their own game, they are to wear the glasses. Or if I'm on one court and they're on another court, until I'm convinced that they can referee the defense, they wear the glasses. And then they upload the footage hmm. to you know a file and then they send it to me. And then we go over the film study and we see what they were looking at. Um, it also, you know, records the audio so I can hear how they're talking to coaches, how they're talking to the players, how they communicate with their crew. Um, so it's, it's just, it, it's a good asset to have. And it's just what we've been using for a couple of years. Very interesting. So you're reviewing the film and you're seeing it through their eyes and exactly what they're watching. Right. And then we talk through why, you know, and, and where we should have been looking and so on and so forth. And how's the film quality from those glasses? Fine. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. You're going to have to send me, just once we're done with the podcast, if you could send me a link, I'd be really interested in uh, checking those out. Sure, of course. Of course. Now, I'm trying to, Sarah, I'm trying to make a positive impact um, on the respect for the game, you know, in particular, the treatment of officials. How would you say sportsmanship is in that area and what can we do as officials to improve it? I think we have a long way to go when it comes to the sportsmanship. Uh, it saddens me that, um, you know, we, we as, as coaches, I say we because I'm a coach, but um, some coaches just forget that there's a little kid watching them. And, um, I think it's it's important that we establish some type of of control in that needs to be in place to have zero tolerance for for certain behavior, not just with coaches but fans. Um, I think it's important that we also learn how to communicate the rules to coaches and fans a little bit more than there needs to be more visibility there. Um, where, you know, coaches, it's amazing how many just have never picked up a rule book. Um, and where, you know, the good old over the back yelling or three seconds yelling, you know, little things like that could help mitigate the risk of, of a lot of these fans losing their cool if they just understood why we, why we call things and why we don't call things. 
Yeah, there needs to be an improvement in the communication of the rules to all the participants of the game. Mm -hmm. We can't be the only ones that are conscious and informed of how to play the game of basketball. Right. Because right. it causes a lot of friction. And, and I think we can have a whole episode just on, you know, the reasons for lack of sportsmanship. I think it's been embedded in into the game, into the culture of the game since the beginning mm -hmm. of basketball. Also, we allow one technical foul. Um two and you get ejected so you're giving everybody the option to get one technical foul every single game every participant mm -hmm. can get one i think we should change the rule and make it one tech and you're done mm -hmm. that would shake things up huh wouldn't it though it would but it would be would better that. it would yeah. be it would be very tough year one and year two but just like all these new rules that they implement the flopping the cylinder play eventually players adapt and eventually yes. this would lead to the betterment of the game because everybody is on task to what their duties are. Coaches are coaching, refs are refing, players are playing. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't happen because a lot of coaches, they want to do both. Right. And it's right. impossible to do both. It's really hard to just do one of them. Yeah. Um, and every coach should referee. They should go through a camp or something and be a referee. I know Officially Human has really taken a stand and they've made it um, their brand mission to improve sportsmanship. So they're trying to put out information for coaches and players. Like they put out a sportsmanship course. Mm. I was, and I, I, I reviewed that and, you know, I think that should be mandatory just like a sexual harassment course that coaches have to take or like a CPR course, or I just think, I think every high school player and coach eventually should have to, you know, complete one of these officially human courses, whether it's 10 minutes or 15 minutes, just so they can develop a little bit more of understanding on sportsmanship. Yeah, yeah. And, and on the other side, I think that the officials should be required to take some type of verbal judo course. Um, learn how to communicate, learn how to diffuse, you know, situations. Um, I just, uh, communication is, is critical in every aspect. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't want to sound like I'm pointing the finger because I want to obviously take accountability. Officials are a humongous problem for why this has happened because we've allowed it. I think overall as a community, and I'm, I'm not speaking any particular level. I'm just speaking big picture overall basketball officials. We allow the coach to do too much because yeah. it's a lack of training on our part. It's a lack of communication skills. Like you said, not knowing ver verbal judo, right? Not knowing how to speak under pressure, under tension, not having thick enough skin. This is a part-time job for a lot of officials. So we just don't have that kind of training. You know, that's why with crown refs, I'm always putting out communication content, always putting out game management content because these officials need to hear about these different experiences and how to, and how to handle it. Right. Yeah. So that's why I, you know, commend you for what you're doing and starting this brand. We meet, we need more people like you from around the country, not just in St. Louis to be able to give back to the game and give these officials, these added skills and, you know, more armor in their, in their toolbox, so to speak. Yeah, thank you. You know, it's our duty. Anyone who is capable of mentoring someone, it is our responsibility. And I take it very seriously. 
you know, and another reason why we've been too soft is because, you know, we don't like friction and this is difficult and dealing with these personalities is hard and people don't necessarily love doing hard things, but we got into yes. this business because we're, we're decision makers and we have to make decisions that are going to upset people. You have to be okay with upsetting people with mm -hmm. doing what you think is right. Right. Absolutely. A lot of this language is written in the rule book where, you know, you can't be disrespectful towards officials. You can't try to influence their decision making, but we allow that, but we allow in that all the time, you know, yeah. we're allowing it. So we just need to keep, keep putting out content and keep um, trying to impact, you know, one official at a time. We're just trying to do our part. Right. For sure. Sarah, let's talk about your officiating career. How did you get your start and uh, what motivated you to want to become a certified basketball official? I got into officiating because I wanted to coach. I wanted to be a basketball coach and I needed to learn the rules. I didn't know all of the rules and I figured the best way for me to teach the kids how to play the right way is to know the rules. And I'm still learning. <laughs> so I, I'm a coach now, <laughs> but, but here I am 13 years later, um, refereeing, you know, the, the, they say, you know, sometimes the bug bites you. And I guess that's what happened because, uh, I, I continued learning and as, as an official. And you, are you working, I know you, you took this season off due to COVID, but you work in high school, college games? High school, college, and a little semi-pro. I'm, I'm considering TBL, but um, yeah. So that offer is on the table for you? It's on the table, but uh, I, I really think that my purpose is coaching. Um, the game needs us, I understand that, but my passion is, is really you know, being there for the mentees. And just to be specific, coaching officials. Correct. Coaching officials. a varsity basketball team. That's right. Did Thank you, you ever, for Sure. When you were referring to coaching earlier, were you speaking about coaching players or referees? Coaching referees. I, I've never played basketball. I've never been good enough to play. Um, I've always love the game. I've, I've watched the athletes. And quite frankly, I think we are athletes, officials that, you know, we, we train as hard as the athletes, or at least we should. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I yeah. always uh, try to promote officials, you know, taking that athletic um, mentality, just like, yeah, players. sure. Like, I want to see referees that are competitive, that want to mm -hmm. be great. Yes. Know? Sarah, I'm just interested to hear your perspective. What are some of the difficulties and challenges that female officials may face and any kind of uh, challenges that you faced in your career that you had to overcome? Um, I think one of the biggest problems is that we need to focus more on the ability as opposed to the, the gender. You know, that, that one of the biggest things that I think is missing from the men's game is because, you know, they're focused more on gender as opposed to who's capable of calling the game. Uh, we, we just witnessed history where we had two female officials referee an NBA contest and they're more than capable. 
you know, uh, at the end of the day, it, it just, it's the skill set versus their gender. And I think that if, if we are more focused on the ability, then, you know, everything else will. What can male athletes and male officials do to drive the visibility of, of women in sports? Support, encourage, um, shout out, uh, you know, just be there for, for their fellow, their fellow human being, you know, that again, it's not about gender. It's do we belong? Are we capable? And um, I think if anything is if they endorse their female athletes, um, then it, to me, the world just will be a better place that, you know, all of this separation from gender it just shouldn't have any place when it comes to sports. You think we'll continue to see um, the trend of female officials pursuing the men's game? Are there young female officials in big game, uh, big game officials that kind of have those aspirations to do the men's game? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I just don't think that there, there should be any type of hesitation for any of the assigners or the supervisors to take a look at them. If they're qualified, they should be given a shot. Sarah, what advice would you give to someone looking to pursue a career in officiating? Be patient, um, enjoy the journey, and uh, just trust the process. I wanna give you an opportunity right now. I wanna reverse the interview and allow you to ask me any questions that you might have for me. Would you consider coming to the first BGO camp. It'll be in a year or so as a clinician. Yes, I would consider it. And I would, I would if I'm available, I will, I will come 100%. Bless you. Can we put that in writing now? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I, I have uh, real ambitions to to work at, at camps and be a clinician. You know, I, I tried to create a bit of a system on my end online where I could kind of mentor officials now with my film review service and, and the podcast. But, you know, I'm a coach as well. And I'm a, one of my, one of my go-tos is just the, being a one-to-one -one coach of referees. That's how I started. So I would love the opportunity to come be a clinician at your camp and provide um, the officials with the best feedback I can give them. We would love to have you. That's awesome. I'll pay for my own flight. I'll lock you in. You know, I used to live in St. Louis. Did you? Oh. I just remembered going in the arch one time. My parents took me up to the arch, and that's the only memory I have of St. Louis. But I do remember being there. Wow. It's still down there. Still it's down still there? there? <laughs> it's still there. All right. Well, maybe I'll come back to my home. There you go. <laughs> That was a pleasure um, speaking with you today. Is there anything else you want to say to the dedicated audience of basketball officials that are listening? Just, you know, continue to serve the game. You know, thank you for, for everything that you do for the officiating community. Uh, you know, teamwork makes this dream work. And uh, I just can appreciate you so much for, for everything that you do. So 
Thanks a lot for saying that. And I'm looking yeah. forward to growing together with you and the Big Game Officials brand. Shout out to everybody that's part of the Big Game Officials brand. And thank you so much for spending time with me today. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. Serve the game.